Welcome once again. This is Mark Pantano and you are listening to Declaring Liberty. All right, here's what I want to discuss today. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Second Amendment rally that took place in Virginia on Monday. I have some thoughts about that. Then we're going to talk about Joe Biden and illegal immigration. And before we get to those two things, I want to take a little bit of time here at the outset and just give you some of my thoughts about impeachment. I haven't been talking much about impeachment, really at all, for quite a while. And after today, I don't anticipate talking about it much in the future. Unless, of course, something, you know, something that I really need to discuss happens during the Senate trial. But other than that, I don't plan on talking about this much. And, and the reason is, I really don't care about it. I, I, really, I, it would be hard for me to try to care any less about this impeachment deal than I do. Um, and we all know how it's going to end. Trump's going to be acquitted and we're going to move on. And about 10 minutes after uh, Trump is acquitted in the Senate, nobody will even remember any of this anymore. You know, people on our side are really excited because, you know, this impeachment thing, they think it's going to work to Trump's benefit and, oh, everyone's going to come out and vote in droves and Trump's going to win in a landslide because they're so angry about this sham impeachment process and blah, 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 blah. Oh, look what happened to Bill Clinton when he was impeached. His popularity went through the roof and all. That's not going to happen. We don't live in that world. We don't live in that world anymore. We live in the social media world. We live in a world where people have about a 10-second attention span. Uh, Trump is going to be acquitted by the Senate probably in the next couple weeks unless both sides are able to, to call lots and lots of witnesses and then the thing could drag on for a couple of months. But no, nobody really expects that. Even if there are going to be witnesses, there are probably going to be only a couple witnesses on each side. This thing's going to be wrapped up in short order, probably inside of a month. And uh, we're going to move on and no one's going to care. And certainly by the time November rolls around, nobody's going to be given this a second's thought. This isn't going to motivate anyone's vote. Okay, It's going to be irrelevant in terms of the 2020 election, more than likely. Unless there are certain events that somehow catapult impeachment back into the forefront of people's thoughts. Other than that, and I, I don't know what that could possibly be, but other than that, no one's going to care. No one's going to care. So I just don't care about any of this. The only thing I care about, the only reason I'm interested in politics is all, at all is because I care about the country. I care about the future for myself, for my family. And... For those reasons, I don't care about what's going on in this impeachment process because it doesn't move the ball. It doesn't help us in terms of bettering our future. It's just another shiny object distraction. In fact, this is just the latest in a very long series of shiny object distractions that we have been treated to since the beginning of the Trump presidency. It's just been one thing after another. You know, we, have, we have spent very little time over the last three years as a nation, and certainly as a Republican Party, seriously discussing or addressing any issues. 
Not the issues that matter the most to the future, like illegal immigration. We don't even talk about that anymore. Do you notice? I know you're probably sick of hearing me talk about illegal immigration. And if you are, you're going to get even more sick. Because it is the only issue we should be addressing right now. Yes, there are other issues that are important. But illegal immigration is going to make moot every single other issue. If we do not address illegal immigration, it doesn't matter what else we do. And really, it's not, as I told you before, it's not just illegal immigration. It's immigration as well. We allow far too many people in this country legally, and that is destroying the country as well. But look, like I said before, I can't even get Republicans to focus on illegal immigration anymore. So, whatever. But if we do not get a handle on immigration, if we do not stop illegal immigration dead in its tracks and start deporting millions of people, we're screwed as a country. It doesn't matter what else we do. You know, we can have the best economic policy, the best foreign policy. We can, um, you know, we can completely repeal Obamacare and uh, allow the free market to work in healthcare, which would, of course, greatly reduce prices and expand access. And we do all the things we say we want if we would just let the free market operate in healthcare and lower prices like the free market has done in every other area of the economy where the free market is allowed to work. But we don't have a free market in healthcare. Eh, I don't need to go down that road right now. But the point is, we could do all these other things. All these, pick a subject, pick an issue. We could address it, solve it, make it better. And unless we get illegal immigration under control and start deporting the ones who are here, then none of this is going to matter. No, nothing else we do will matter. You could have the best economy in the world right now. It's not going to matter. Illegal immigration will make all those things moot. Because it's going to hand the entire country to the left. And once that happens, you can kiss your good economy goodbye. You can kiss your, oh, we got historic low unemployment. You can kiss that goodbye. Oh, we got a record stock market. You can kiss that goodbye. And any other things good that we might do, you can kiss it all goodbye. Once Democrats have complete control of the federal government, we're done. But we don't want to talk about those things. And we haven't talked much about any of it in the last three years. And really in the last year, we don't even pretend to talk about any of it anymore. The issues are gone. We don't discuss them anymore. It's nothing but Trump. Our, our, our entire country is just obsessed with Donald Trump. Half the country is obsessed with hating him. The other half of the country is obsessed with just mindless praise and infatuation with the man. I've never seen anything like it. This is the most dysfunctional this country has ever been in my lifetime. And and for decades and decades and decades before that. I've never even... There's no analog in American history that I can think of where the country was polarized so politically and at the same time so uniformly fixated on one person as it is right now. It's, it's, I have no words to describe 
this level of political dysfunction. And this is not even a commentary on Trump. This is a commentary on all of us. And I, I think it has a lot to do with the media that we have right now. And I'm not talking about the left-wing media. I'm talking about the way people get their news. News sources, whether it's cable, whether it's talk radio, whether it's uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, all the rest. People get their information from purely partisan sources. Okay? If you More and more people get all their news and information from social media. And most of the people who are on social media only hear, only follow people and, uh, you know, news sources that tell them what they want to hear. And they're not even exposed to anything else. And the people who provide that news, um, the shows, the individual people who make their money uh, uh, with websites and talk radios and podcasts and all of this, they know that their audience only wants to hear certain things. And they don't even make any effort to tell them anything that they don't want to hear. So it reinforces itself. And this ha is happening on both sides. So while we have more access to all information right now than at any time in human history, people actually are, are absorbing less information than at any time in history. They only hear, they only listen to, they only read, they only expose themselves to that which confirms their pre-existing bias. And so it has it is so polarized this country where look if if you if you watch Fox News and then you watch MSNBC and like for example go you go home tonight watch MSNBC for an hour watch Fox News for an hour. Well, tonight might not be really good because they're both probably be covering impeachment live. But do this, um, you know, when the impeachment trial isn't going on. There's a break in the action, right? Listen to MSNBC for half an hour, then listen to Fox News for an hour. Or listen to NBC, MSNBC or CNN and then go, you know, go listen to, to Rush Limbaugh or, or Mark Levin. And they're, they're just both discussing the same event, the impeachment trial. You would think that they were both watching two completely separate events. They have absolutely nothing to do with one another. And this is true, not just on impeachment, but on any issue. And let me tell I got to tell you, and people on our side, because look, most people on our side are as guilty of having ton, uh, you know, like information tunnel vision as the people on the left. Because people on our side only get their news, generally speaking, from news outlets that confirm their bias, just like the left does. And let me tell you, if you are only getting your news from Fox News and Rush Limbaugh and, and those types, you're not getting all the information. You're not. They don't tell you anything that cuts against the Republican position or the Trump position or the talking points. They, they don't give you any of that information. And then the left, 
doesn't give any information that may be good for Republicans or good for Trump or anything like that. So you don't get exposed to the other side. And the other side actually has some points. You know, you don't have to agree with their opinions or the political points of view. But they, you know, look, not everything on MSNBC is a lie. They focus on things that benefit their position and ignore the things that don't benefit their position. The exact same thing that Fox News does. MSNBC actually gives a lot of facts, just like Fox News gives a lot of facts. But they're facts that you're not going to hear on Fox News. And Fox News gives facts that you're not going to hear on MSNBC. And so we have people who get their news from sources on the right who only have half the information. And then the people who only get their news sources, news from sources on the left, they only have half the information. But they're two completely different halves. But each think, they don't have half the information, they have the whole truth. And the other side has nothing but lies. And neither side is correct in this. So we have, it's like we're living in completely different information universes. There's no bridging that gap. Unless people get their news from multiple sources so that they have all the information that's available. I mean, you do not have to agree with any of the positions on the left. But I'm telling you, unless you are consuming news from left source, left-wing sources, you're not getting all the information. You could dismiss all of their, all of their assessments, all their political points of view. But you, you, you need to listen to some other sources of information or you're not getting all the facts. And the same thing with people on the left. But nobody on the left is listening to this podcast anyway, so I don't really, I'm not really talking to them. I'm talking to us. We need, we need to expose ourselves to these other news sources so that we understand what the hell is going on. Okay, all right. I didn't mean to get off on this. I'm probably going to annoy some people with my talk about impeachment right now, but whatever. Um, it's what I think. And I hope it at least gives you a little bit to think about. And you don't have to agree with me. I don't care. But I know you're not getting any of these perspectives anywhere else. So at least just give it some thought um, to the extent you want to think about impeachment at all. And after I say these few things, I'm not thinking about it anymore myself uh, because, I, again, distraction. Trump is not going to be removed from office, um, and all, all this will have done. And look, here's part of the reason the Democrats are doing impeachment, part of the reason they did the Mueller thing, and all the other attacks and everything that Trump has undergone. It's to defeat his presidency, right? Now, truth be told, Trump isn't really trying to do much of what he ran on anymore, especially with respect to illegal immigration. I just saw part of um, an interview with Brad Parscale. He's, he's Trump's um, campaign manager. He was talking with Lou Dobbs. And Lou Dobbs asked him what Trump is going to run on. What are the, going to be the main issues? And he talked about, you know, preserving and protecting Medicare and, you know, the economy and a couple of other things. And Dobbs says to him, I noticed you didn't say anything about securing the border or anything about illegal immigration. To which uh, Parscale replied, oh, well, 
We've already won on those things. We don't really need to focus on that anymore. This this is uh this is where we're at now with illegal immigration. We ignore it. We've won that issue. Why have we won it? I don't know. We have. Because I guess, you know, we've got 20 miles of fence and, you know, I don't know what the number is right now, but look, it's a tiny fraction. And unless we get the full funding for the wall and start building the damn thing at a rapid pace, serious wall across the entire span of the border, except in maybe perhaps a few strategic choke points. Other than that, the wall's meaningless. I've, t- I've talked this about this a million times. A wall that doesn't span the whole border is a useless wall. People will just cross where there's no damn wall. And unless we get the full thing built while Trump is in office, then it's going to be a failure. Because do you think the next president, whoever it is, from whatever party, is going to finish the wall? Uh-uh. And let me tell you something. Let me let me clue you in on who is going to replace Trump. It's going to be a Democrat. That's who's going to replace Trump. Uh, if Trump loses this year then he will have lost to a Democrat and he will be replaced by a Democrat. If Trump wins re-election in January 2025, he will be replaced by a Democrat, almost certainly. And it doesn't matter who we run as a Republican Party. First of all, after eight years, it is damn near impossible for the party that controlled the White House for two terms to win again. It almost never happens. The last time it happened was when George H.W. Bush basically won the third third term of Ronald Reagan. Other than that, it doesn't happen. And it's not going to happen this time. Especially since by 2024, uh, we will have lost several more red states, as I've talked about. Um, and I don't think we have any path to electoral to, to victory in the Electoral College by 2024. Okay, we're we're gonna we're we're certainly going to have lost Arizona, probably Georgia, North Carolina, and I would put my money on Texas as well. Oh, and Florida too. Uh, I think by 2024, most if not all of those states will have turned blue. We won't have a shot. So, whoever replaces Trump, either in uh, 2021 or 2025, it's going to be a Democrat. And the border wall, not only will construction of it be completely stopped. But I would not be surprised if they start tearing the damn thing down. So if we do not get the entire thing built and we start changing the political dynamic in this country, we're screwed. And we don't even talk about that anymore. And apparently now we're not going to talk about it in the 2020 campaign. If, uh, you know, if we listen to Trump's campaign manager and I, you know, I tend to think that his campaign manager knows what issues they're going to be talking about in the campaign. And he made clear they're not talking about illegal immigration. They're not talking about border security. We've fixed that. We've solved it. We've won on that issue. Check that box. Shiny objects. Shiny objects. They have kept the Republican Party distracted from the beginning. Impeachment is just another. And as soon as impeachment's over, it's going to be something else. And let me tell you something. Whether Trump is removed from office or not, and he's not going to be, 
Unless some, again, some huge bombshell breaks. He's not going to be removed from office. But that doesn't matter. Impeachment will have served the left's purpose. And what's the purpose? Look, here's the deal. Trump got elected for one reason. He was going to put an end to illegal immigration. Democrats were scared to death that he might actually do it. And if he did, that would destroy the Democrats' electoral plans for the future. Illegal immigration is their future. They've been investing heavily in illegal immigration. That's what Obama's unconstitutional DACA program is about. That is why Democrats oppose all border enforcement. That is why Democrats oppose all efforts to enforce immigration law. That is why Democrats are giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens in the states that they control. That is why they are giving them free health care and welfare. All of this is designed to get them to vote Democrat. Now, you know, currently in our current elections, even though illegal aliens aren't legally allowed to vote in our elections, doesn't matter. They're doing so by the thousands already, if not millions. That's exactly what driver's license for these people are for. Once you have a driver's license, voting illegally is is child's play. Not difficult at all. Any state that gives illegal aliens driver's licenses. And look, some of them now, I believe they're doing this in New York. Uh, well, I don't know if they've started it yet, but there's a proposal to, as they give driver's licenses to illegal aliens in the state of New York, which they now have begun doing, there's a proposal out there to also register them automatically to vote. Even though it's against federal law for illegal aliens to vote, they will nonetheless, everyone who gets a driver's license will be automatically registered to vote. And then it is upon incumbent upon, I believe, the person who is registered to vote to have their names removed if they're not legally entitled to vote. It's just a huge scam. It's just designed for vote fraud. That is the sole purpose for it. That's the sole purpose of giving driver's licenses, period is to enable illegal immigrants to vote in our elections. That's what's happening. But again, I guess we've won that issue. We don't have to talk about it anymore. We don't have to talk about sanctuary cities anymore. Why would we talk about sanctuary cities? The Republican Party now funds sanctuary cities. We just passed that massive omnibus bill a month or two ago that funded sanctuary cities, and Trump signed it gleefully and then bragged about it for three weeks. Yep, he fully funded sanctuary cities. So yeah, we, we don't we're not gonna talk about that anymore. But back to my point. Democrats were fearful at the beginning. They no longer are fearful, but they were fearful at the beginning that Trump might actually succeed in stopping illegal immigration and deporting people and closing the border. Now they're not worried about that at all because it's obvious to everyone that that's not going to happen. And Trump has absolutely uh, no desire whatsoever to even bother with it. That's why his campaign manager's out there saying, we're not, oh, we don't got to talk about illegal immigration anymore. So Trump's not going to bother anymore. Democrats know that. So they no longer 
uh, really are worried about that issue. But at the beginning, they were afraid. They were scared to death that Trump might actually stop illegal immigration and kill Democrats' future electoral plans. So one of the things they decided to do to combat all of this was to keep Trump constantly distracted from accomplishing that goal, from following through on that. Keep him distracted with endless accusations, endless investigations, endless scandals that they made up. You know, they, everything, everything Trump said or did for the first three years was a scandal. You know, the, all the lies about his comments, about there being good sides on uh, good people on both sides and that whole Charlottesville fiasco. Everybody knew that Trump was not praising white supremacists. Everybody knows that. Well, certainly everybody in the media who covered it and, you know, perpetrated the lies. Everybody knew what Trump meant and what he didn't meant, what he didn't mean. He didn't, he wasn't praising white supremacists, but it doesn't matter. It was a perfect opportunity to create a scandal, call Trump a racist, and it's been one thing after another, just like that. Keeping Trump distracted because they, they know that Trump's main focus is not the issues. It's, it's Trump. Let's be honest. Let's look, there's nobody else who's honest out there. Okay. We're going to be honest here. Trump, <laughs> Trump never expected to be president. Can we be honest about this? Trump was not running to be president. He was running as a vanity project to boost his his, his name recognition, boost his latest endeavor, give him more visibility. Coming off of The Apprentice, running for president. This was just a continuation of the whole reality TV star persona thing that he had going on. And he was going to parlay his run into a new news network. Remember all that? The last thing he expected that it, it was that he was going to win. I don't even think, in fact, I'm sure he did not think in a million years that he, he would even win the Republican nomination, let alone the presidency. And there, there is reason to believe that what I'm saying is true beyond the obvious that we know. And that is, look at Trump's first couple of years in office. Look at all the turnover. Look at all the bad decisions. Look at all the messes. And, you know, every time you... You point out one of these problems. Oh, which, why did Trump do this? He shouldn't have done this. Why did he hire this person? You know, how many people has he hired and fired? He hires them, then he fires them, saying they're the they're the biggest idiot in the world. Remember Rex Tillerson and all of these people, Jeff Sessions. They're all idiots. They're all fools when he fires them. So you're like, well, what the hell did you fire? What the hell did you hire them in the first place for? You make this point, and then people on our side say, well. He was new to politics, and he didn't know anybody, and, uh, he did, you know, everybody makes mistakes at the beginning. That's bullshit. Not everybody makes these mistakes. In fact, name one president that you can think of who's made these kinds of hiring mistakes. And in the first couple of years, look, the first couple of years were a disaster. Other than the tax cuts, we got nothing. And we had a Republican Congress. Well, and then the excuses you get for that is, oh, well, it's Paul Ryan. Oh, it's the rhinos. They didn't, they didn't want to work with him. No. It was because Trump was completely unprepared to be president. 
He had given no actual thought to actually being president and what he would do and how he would do it and who he would hire. He ran his campaign with just a handful of people. No advisors. He had basically no transition team. It was a mess. Why? Because he never expected to win. He never was really even trying to win. But that's that's part of the reason why we blew it the first couple of years. And now we don't even try. Not on the big issues anyway. All right, so, wow, I am like a half hour in. I'm sorry I got off on all these tangents. Let me just say the few things I wanted to say about impeachment. The shiny object of the day. Um, I, I'm disgusted by the whole thing. I'll just say that. Let me begin with that. I don't care about any of it, um, but to the extent I think about it at all, I'm disgusted by the whole thing. Now, Democrats, I'm not, I'm not all that disgusted by them, to be honest, because they're disgusting. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't get outraged by Democrats anymore. Um, just accept that they don't care about anything except their own political power. They don't care about American citizens, as I, as I will talk about when we get to the Joe Biden stuff. They don't care about the future of the country, uh, which is clear because they are just allowing us and and doing everything they can so that the American so that the United States is continually invaded by millions of foreigners from the third world who are destroying this country. They're ruining our schools. They're destroying our cities. They're bankrupting us. They're destroying our culture. They don't care about any of it. They don't care about anything except their own political power. That's it. You know, it was it was only, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago at the most, where Democrats were adamantly opposed to illegal immigration. Why? Because the unions were much stronger back then. Unions are are are, are much weaker as a political force and more and more the, the share of the uh, workforce that is represented by a union is just going down and down and down. It's not a political the political future of the Democrat Party. It used to be the backbone of the Democrat Party. And illegal immigration was harmful to workers. It drove down wages, sold people's jobs. So the Democrat Party was adamantly opposed to it up until 15, 20 years ago. Bill Clinton was adamantly opposed to it. Not so anymore. Why? Because they realize that they're losing unions because unions are lesser and lesser representative. And at the same time, the illegal illegal alien population is exploding. And they see that as future votes. So they shifted their focus. To hell with the unions. We're not going to oppose illegal immigration anymore. The unions have served their purpose. They're no longer a political force. Illegal aliens are the wave of the future. That's where our political future lies. So that's why they shifted their allegiance from workers to illegal aliens. They don't care about anything except their own power. So I'm not surprised by anything they do, including rushing through an impeachment. You know, when... I should find this tweet. I'm just thinking about it right now. Back when Trump signed that first horrendous omnibus bill two and a half years ago I don't know I think it was in 2017 2018 at the latest 
um, you know, that was three or two or three at, at least omnibus bills ago, each of which he said, this is the last time I'm signing something like this. And then he signs another one. But way back then, he signed that first horrendous omnibus bill. And I said, well, that's it. Um, we are now going to lose the House of Representatives and Trump just guaranteed his own impeachment. I wrote this way back then. Uh, because it was obvious from the beginning what the Democrats were going to do. Hell, I, I wrote a book about it called Destroying Trump. I knew exactly what the Democrats were going to do. From the very beginning. They were always going to impeach him if they ever got the opportunity. And as soon as they won the House of Representatives in November 2018, it was obvious that Trump at some point was going to be impeached. And so that's why I wrote that tweet way back then. And uh, so I'm not, I'm not at all surprised that he has been impeached now by the House and he's standing trial in the Senate. Okay? Um, and, of course, the process that they ran in the House um, had many flaws. Um, it was rushed. It was unfair in some ways. In other ways, um, the, you know, we, we say the whole thing was a sham. The whole thing was unconstitutional. Well, that's a load of garbage. There was nothing unconstitutional about the way the House handled the impeachment process. I know Mark Levin is big out there. He's been saying for months that this whole thing is unconstitutional. Well, that is a, just a ridiculous thing to say. The Constitution makes very, very clear. It says the House of Representatives shall have the sole power of impeachment. The Constitution lays out no procedures, requires no certain processes, nothing. It gives the House of Representatives the sole power of impeachment. So whatever the House wants to do in conducting an impeachment of the president is perfectly constitutional. They can handle it however they want. Now, we can look at what they're doing and make our own political judgments and say, oh, you know, yeah, that's not right. Yes, you have the power to do it, but that's, that's bullshit. That's wrong. You shouldn't be doing it that way. You shouldn't be rushing it. You should give more, there should be more transparency. All these things. You can make judgments and say that you don't agree with the way they're doing it and that it's wrong. And in a lot of those ways, I would agree with you. But to say that it's unconstitutional is just ridiculous. This is just the, the nonsense that people on our side say. Nothing unconstitutional about it. All right, but so look, I got problems with the way they handle it. But... They did it. It's over. Now it's over to the Senate. Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm not surprised by the way the Democrats handled it. Although I think they're pretty stupid the way they handled it. I don't think what they did was smart. I don't think rushing it served their interests. Um, I don't think the articles of impeachment that they crafted uh, served their interests. I don't think that not subpoenaing witnesses and taking it to court served their interests. So... You know, they were stupid. If they did it in a more fair, in a slower, more thoughtful way, I think it would have served their own interests in impeaching the president and, and potentially removing him or certainly hurting him more politically. They would have been better serving their own interests if they had conducted a better, more serious, fairer, more transparent process than the one they did.
I, they're, they're idiots. So, but I'm not surprised. You know, these are stupid people. Um, these are hateful people. So I'm not surprised by anything they do. I, I don't get surprised by Democrats. Look, this is the party that believes that babies, even after they are born alive, should be killed if the mother doesn't want the baby. This is an evil party. That's evil. You know, we're desensitized to it now because so much of what the Democrats want, believe, and say is so disgusting, so evil in many ways, but they've been saying it for so long that we're just desensitized to it. I'm not surprised by anything Democrats do. I am, however, surprised and, and disgusted, really, by what I have seen taking place in the Republican Party. I don't think, no matter what the, the House did in impeaching Trump, I don't think that what the Republicans are doing in the Senate reflects well on them. Look, here's the deal. The Constitution gives the sole power of impeachment to the House. They have exercised that power. Whether we have problems with how they did it or not, they did it. It is now to the Senate. Look, I take the Constitution seriously. And I think if we if we bastardize the Constitution to suit our political whims of the day, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not for that at all. It disgusts me no matter who's doing it. Now, what I see taking place in the Senate right now by the Republicans, you know, I don't like. I don't like the lies being told about the Constitution. Again, look, House impeached him. Now it's in the Senate. The Constitution requires a trial. I think there should be a trial. That doesn't mean I think the president should be uh, convicted and removed from office. But I think there should be a trial. Why do I think that? Because that's what the Constitution demands. That's what it demands. Whether you agree with what the House did or not, there should be a trial. Now, here's what I don't like. Okay, We are lying about what the president did on our side. We are acting as if it was perfectly fine. This was all just manufactured. There was absolutely nothing wrong here at all. Well, that's not true. Um, What Trump did was wrong. At the very, very least, it was stupid. Now, does that mean it rises to the level of impeachment and removal from office? I'm not saying that at all. And really, I don't care. To be honest with you, I don't care if he's removed from office. I don't care if he's not removed from office. Why? Because I don't care about the people involved in our politics. I care about the issues. Our republic is not going to rise or fall or survive or perish based on the political fate of Donald Trump. I could not care less what happens to Donald Trump politically. I care about the country. Now, that being said, I don't think it's good for the country to remove a president from office unless there's overwhelming support for it. That's always been my position. Now, did Trump commit impeachable offenses? Uh, I think impeachable offenses have been alleged. I think, you know, I don't believe this narrative from the right that, well, they're not even saying what they're saying he did, that doesn't even rise to a level of impeachable offense. There's nothing there. Well, I don't believe that for a second. I think that what has been alleged does rise to the level of an impeachable offense. Does that mean he should be removed from office? Not saying that. I'm not even saying there's enough evidence to prove that he committed what he is alleged to have committed. 
What I am saying is what they have alleged could constitute an impeachable offense. I want to know exactly what happened. I want there to be witnesses. I want there to be a full trial. Why? Because I'm an American citizen. Trump is my president. And I have a right to know what he's doing in my name. I have a right to know how the country is being run by the people we have elected to run it. But no, apparently not. Apparently, if you're a Republican, the only position we're allowed to have is, I don't want to know anything. And how dare you want to know anything? We don't want to know anything. We don't want to hear witnesses. What, what, really? We don't want to know? I just want to know the truth, whatever it is. I want to know the truth. And then I'll draw my conclusion about what I think about it. But I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth in all things that our government does. But here's the truth about what's going on here. We haven't heard from most of the first-hand witnesses who could tell us what happened. We haven't heard from them. Now, again, Democrats are pretty freaking stupid the way they handle this. You know, in truth, this thing should not be in the Senate right now. Trump should not have been impeached right now. They should still be working on this in the House. If they if they were serious about impeaching him, they should still be working on this. They should still be fighting it out in the courts if they need to. They could have had a district court opinion by now, but they withdrew their subpoena, making the case moot, and then the case was dismissed. Stupid. They should have fought for the witnesses that they subpoenaed, and, and then Trump refused to let them testify. They should have fought it out. They should have done everything in their power to compel the testimony of the people with first-hand information. They didn't do it. They wanted to rush this friggin' impeachment along. So now it's in the Senate. And now the Senate, basically Republicans are saying, well, you should have gotten those witnesses uh, in the House. We're not going to do your job. Well, first of all, the Constitution doesn't say that that's the, the House's job. There is no requirement in the Constitution that every witness that the house managers want to call in the senate trial must have been first called in the house that's nowhere that's ridiculous that's just made up you know people like to compare impeachment and then the senate trial to the criminal process and they analogize impeachment in the house to an indictment by a grand jury and then the senate trial is a trial well i don't particularly care for that analogy because it has many many holes um but in some ways it's instructive, but you know, if we're going to make that analogy, then let's make that analogy. Okay, so let's, let, let's apply it here. Republicans are saying, well, we, we're not going to call witnesses in the Senate that you didn't call in the House of Representatives. We're not going to do your job for you. Well, first of all, a trial is where you're supposed to call the witnesses. Yes, witnesses testify in the grand jury, but not all the witnesses testify at a grand jury. Many witnesses testify for the first time at trial. And depending upon the system that you're in, uh, lots of times there are no fact witnesses called in the grand jury. Lots of times a police officer who investigated, you know, the detective who investigated the case and talked to witnesses, they're the only person that even testifies. They come to the grand jury and they basically read their report Oh, I talked to this guy and he said this. Uh, I got blah, 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 blah. I got this record over here. I talked to this person. I took pictures of the scene. Here's a couple of pictures. Uh, th and that's it. And then when you go to trial, 
Then you call the witnesses. All those people that the detective talked to, then they come and they testify. Because most of what the detective said to the grand jury was hearsay. He can't testify to most of that stuff when it gets to trial. That's inadmissible evidence. Yet, here we just convicted, uh, indicted someone in a grand jury with testimony that would not even have been admissible at trial. It was all hearsay. You know, we heard a lot about that too during this whole process. Well, you can't impeach him because this is just hearsay. We indict people all the time on nothing but hearsay. And then when you get to the trial, that's when your rules of evidence kick in. That's when you test the credibility of all these witnesses with cross-examination and all this. That's when you do it. You do it at trial. And you get a lot of witnesses at trial that had nothing to do with the grand jury proceeding. So this idea that, you know, hey, if we're going to do the analogy, let's do the analogy. And if we're going to do the analogy, you know, I've heard senators, congressmen, they all do this analogy. So let's do it. There's no requirement under the Constitution or any law that says in order to call a witness in a Senate trial, that person must also first have been a witness during the House impeachment inquiry. That's bogus. That does, that's in the nowhere. So now we've had an impeachment. We're in the Senate. I want to hear what happened. I want to hear what happened because... Again, I'm an American. I want to know what my government's doing. I want to know what my president's doing. There have been serious allegations made. If these are all bogus, false charges and nothing was done wrong, then that will be clearly proven in a Senate trial. Look, Trump wants exoneration, right? And, and don't the American people deserve to know what happened one way or another? The only way we're going to do that is to call witnesses. Yeah, Democrats did a crap job in the House. We should have gotten a lot of these witnesses already, or they should be fighting for them right now as we speak. But they didn't. So we should be doing it now in the Senate because we have a right to know what happened. And look, if Trump did absolutely nothing wrong, well, this will blow up on the Democrats even more. And we will be even more likely to win in November than now. But if Trump did something wrong, look, I'm not going to to cover for anyone. If Trump did something wrong, I want to know it. I want to hear what the witnesses who are involved have to say. I don't know why this should, uh, you know, anger people on the right, but it does. I understand that. A lot of you might be mad right now because what we're supposed to say is, well, we don't want to know. We don't have, we, why do we want to know that? This is just a witch hunt. We want to know it. Because we want to know what our government's doing. Period. No matter who's in the office. And look, here, here's the deal. Let's be honest, because that's what we do here. Um, what Trump did, I mean, there's already from the evidence that we have. Look, here's what Trump did. Trump wanted Ukraine to announce an investigation of Joe Biden because he thought at the time... Because Joe Biden was up 20 points over his nearest competitor in the Democrat primary at the time. He thought Joe Biden was going to be the Democrat nominee. And Joe Biden may still be the nominee. I'm surprised that the guy is still in the race, to be honest. But I still, I don't think he's going to be the nominee, but he may be. And certainly at the time, it looked like he may well be. And Trump wanted Ukraine to announce 
that they were criminally investigating Joe Biden so that Trump could hammer Joe Biden on that in the campaign. That's what he wanted. He ran against Hillary when Hillary was under a cloud of criminal investigation. It worked for him in 2016, and he wants to do it again in 2020. It was a huge benefit to him politically to run against a candidate who was in and out of a criminal investigation. Trump made a lot, you know, a big deal about that. Remember all the lock her up chants? Trump capitalized on that big. You don't think he wanted to have lock him up chants in 2020 running against Biden? That's exactly what he wanted to do. And the reason that we know that that's what he wanted is because he didn't even really care about an actual investigation. He just wanted Ukraine to announce that they were investigating. That's what they want. They wanted the announcement. It was purely political. At least that's what all the evidence shows right now. But again, we haven't heard from all the firsthand witnesses. Maybe that's not at all what Trump wanted. Okay, maybe these guys that we've heard from got it wrong. Okay, let's hear from the firsthand people. John Bolton, Mick Mulvaney. Let's hear from these guys. If Look, if Trump was only interested in weeding out corruption, well then, let's have John Bolton say that that's what Trump told him. Yeah, Trump... Trump wanted us to go against, you know, go after corruption in Ukraine. That's what he wanted. He didn't care about investigations of Joe Biden. It was only because Joe Biden was involved in the corruption. It wasn't about Joe Biden specifically. It was about corruption. Let's let's hear that. If that's what ha- that's what we're being told happened, then let's hear it. Let's exonerate him. We deserve to know what happened. We either need to exonerate the president and make it clear that he didn't do what he's accused of or that maybe he did. And then if he did, then we can decide what we think should happen. And just because he may have done this, even if even if everything that they've alleged, he did. That doesn't necessarily automatically follow that he should be removed from office. That's a separate question. But I do not like this idea that now the Republican Party stands for suppression of information, suppression of witnesses. I don't like this at all. And just because the Democrats ran a flawed process in the House, I don't think we should run a flawed sham trial in the Senate. The information should come out. It should have already come out in the House. Well, it didn't. So now let's make it come out in the Senate. We deserve this goddamn information. Why is this so hard? Why is this make, you know, why are Republicans going to be pissed at me for saying this? Or are we for, we're for cover-ups now? We're for covering up information? I don't want to be part of that party. And this doesn't mean I am saying we should kick Trump out of office. This just means we should have a real trial. What, exactly what the Constitution calls for. Now, to the politics of this. I think it's also politically stupid, potentially, for Republicans to deny witnesses. If that's what they're going to do. And look, it's, it's perfectly within their power. I'm not going to go and say it's unconstitutional for se- the Senate to dismiss this case without calling witnesses. Of course not. I'm not going to do what the Mark Levins of the world are saying about the House impeachment. Oh, that was unconstitutional. That wasn't a high crime or misdemeanor. Look, high crime or misdemeanor is intentionally vague. It's up to the House to decide what is a high crime and misdemeanor. It's a political question. 
Just because you don't agree with their conclusion that these allegations that they put in their articles of impeachment are high crimes and misdemeanors, that doesn't make their process unconstitutional, which is what Levin is saying. Oh, what Levin is saying, I just saw him, he just released, uh, you know, another episode of his show yesterday, where he's making the point that, oh, well, the Constitution specifically says treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Well, these articles of impeachment don't say anything about treason, don't say anything about bribery, and nothing that they've alleged constitutes a high crime or misdemeanor. Okay, see, that's where he's wrong as a constitutional matter. That's not a, that's not a yes or no question. That's not a black or white issue. That is an opinion. That's an opinion. There's no right answer on that. So Mark Levin doesn't believe that the articles of impeachment as alleged, have alleged an impeachable offense. That's fine. He can make that argument all day. But to say that it's unconstitutional because in his opinion, these don't constitute high crimes or misdemeanors. Well, that's ridiculous. It's not, it's, it's not, as I say, it's not, it's not a fact one way or the other. It's an opinion left to the House of Representatives who, under the Constitution, are given the sole power of impeachment. And they made a determination, at least a majority of the members elected by the people in the United States, um, they decided that these are high crimes and misdemeanors. Okay, It's not unconstitutional for them to make that judgment, so they made that judgment. Now it's out of their hands. Now the Senate gets to make their judgment. And they can decide that these are not high crimes and misdemeanors. And they can decide they don't even want to really have a trial. They don't want to have witnesses. We're just going to dismiss it. If they could, they could do a motion to dismiss. And then if a majority just vote to dismiss it, they get to dismiss the whole damn thing. They can do that. That is their right. The House exercised their authority. The Senate could exercise its authority by dismissing the whole damn thing. If that's what they want to consider to be their trial, they could do that if they wish. Now, I oppose that because, as I said, I think we have a right to know what happened. This whole process, it's not, it's a single process with two parts. It's not two separate processes. It's one process with two parts. Allegations have been made. We need to resolve them. That's what trials do. They resolve them. Well, sometimes cases are just dismissed, right? I, you know, I can hear some of you saying that right now. Well, sometimes cases are just dismissed before they even get to trial, before they even call witnesses. Cases are just dismissed. Yes, you know why they're dismissed? They're dismissed because the charging documents don't actually allege a crime. And if you don't actually allege a crime, if the indictment doesn't actually lay out all the elements of a crime, well, then the defense can say, I move to dismiss because they don't even allege a crime in this indictment. And then the court can sustain that and dismiss it. You don't need to have a trial on an indictment in which a, a, an actual crime is not alleged. But that's not the case here. Because an indictment I mean, an impeachment is not a statutory crime with specific elements and that you can match it up to the statute and see if each element has been alleged in the article of impeachment. That's not, this is, this is where, this is where the analogy falls down. This is where it breaks down. You know, uh, that's not what it is. 
an, an impeachment is not an indictment. And so they, they can dismiss it if they want to. It's their power to dismiss it. But they would be dismissing it as a political decision, not as a legal decision, as a, as a dismissal of an indictment would be. That would be a legal dismissal based on not all the elements being contained in the indictment and therefore it must, as a matter of law, be dismissed. That's not what's going on here. This is a political dismissal. Because again, what constitutes an impeachable offense, what constitutes a high crime or misdemeanor is an opinion. It's a political judgment. So dismissing in the Senate the articles of impeachment is being done for politics, not as a matter of law. There's a huge distinction there. And I think it is a huge mistake to not have witnesses in the, in, in the Senate. Because the American people know what a trial is supposed to be. And if you just dismiss it without witnesses, that is going to look like a cover-up. Now, here's where that could come back to bite the Republicans. Look, if they do dismiss it and don't call witnesses, I don't think it's likely to hurt Republicans because most people don't care about impeachment one way or the other. Even Democrats don't care too much because they know Trump's not going to be removed. So they don't really care about all the specific back and forth. They would love to see a trial. They would love to see Trump be removed, but they know it's not going to happen. Everybody knows it's not going to happen. So if they do just dismiss it, there will be some outrage. There'll be some anger, but I don't think most people will care. And 10 minutes afterwards, no one's going to care anyway. You know, they'll just be distracted. We'll be, we'll be on to the next shiny object. So no one will care. Here's where it could come back to bite the Republicans. Um, this is not going to be the last scandal of the Trump administration. Whether he does something scandalous or something scandalous is just made up. We've not, we've not seen the end of the scandal. Something else is going to come along. All right? Um, and there will probably be some of both. There will probably be some stuff that is just made up. And there will probably be some stuff that Trump himself does or already has done that will come to light in the future. That's just the nature of Trump, and that's the nature of this presidency, and that's the nature of the political times in which we live right now. All right? If you, but here's the thing. Say Trump does something in the future, something that is bad, does anger the American people, or at least some substantial portion of the American people, they are going to then look back on the fact that Republicans in the Senate, when they could have had a real trial, instead of having a real trial, they engaged in a cover-up, refusing to hear from the first-hand witnesses who actually had knowledge of what happened and just dismissed the whole thing out of hand. That could come back to bite them in the ass later. Look, it's never a good look to be seen as perpetrating a cover-up. And let us be clear here, unless Republicans allow for an actual real trial, and it does not have to turn into a circus, there are a handful of Trump wit of witnesses in the administration who have firsthand knowledge of what Trump said and did. And there are documents to this effect, which also have been withheld. We just need to target the trial to those people who have the relevant information. 
the first-hand knowledge. We don't need people who heard from people who heard from people. We don't need to go down that road because then we're talking about a never-ending list of witnesses. This is a small group of people in the inner circle. I don't know who they are. Mike Pompeo, maybe. Mick Mulvaney, John Bolton. You know, maybe some people. uh, Who knows? There's maybe a few people. There's not a lot. We should hear from those people. If Republicans say, no, we're not going to hear from those people. We don't want to know what happened. We don't want to know what was said and done. That's a cover-up. And you can make the process arguments and say, well, it's because Democrats, we're not going to do your work for you. If you're not going to call witnesses in the House, we're not going to do it in the Senate. Well, what you're saying is we could call these witnesses, but we're not going to because we're going to play a game of gotcha because what we really want to do is just cover this whole thing up. And you, what you people did in the House gives us a perfect excuse for engaging in this cover-up. But at the end of the day, it's a cover-up. It's a cover-up. And... I don't know what they're covering up. I don't know if Trump did something bad or he didn't do something bad. I know what the allegations are. I know what it, you know, what what has come out so far doesn't sound too good. And oh, let me go back to my uh, statements I started making probably half an hour ago um, about what we know, what it appears Trump did. This was political. He wanted the announcement of an investigation. That is pretty clear if we're going to be honest. Right? Um, Now, he can want that all day long. That doesn't make it illegal. That doesn't make it a high crime or misdemeanor. What could make it a high crime or misdemeanor in people's considered judgments? And people can disagree about that. What, What could make it rise to that kind of level is if he's using the power of his office to achieve that personal goal. You cannot use the power of your office to benefit yourself just personally. The problem is this seems like just a personal benefit because he was only interested in the announcement of an investigation that he could use for politics. Okay? If this was actually at the heart of it, it was just a, it's been blown out of proportion and that's not Trump what Trump was interested in and Trump was really just after corruption, well then that's fine. Because that is an official that that is he that he would be pursuing that end in order to benefit the American people. He'd be doing that. That would be a proper use of his office or a proper motivation for the use of his office. Now, even then, what he did might not have been right. It certainly is not the right way to do it. It doesn't mean it was illegal, but that's that's not the way you do it. You don't send your personal lawyer over to Ukraine to have tough guy talks and pressure the president of Ukraine to open investigation. If you really want a corruption investigation, you don't send your personal lawyer. You talk to your attorney general and your secretary of state and you have, you open official channels to try to open up corruption investigations. You don't send your personal lawyer, which is just another thing that makes this all stink, which makes it pretty clear or gives a strong indication that this had nothing to do with an official corruption investigation. This was to enrich Trump, you know, politically, personally. Okay? So, if he was using his office and sending out Giuliani as his emissary to pressure a foreign government as President of the United States to do his political bidding, that is an improper use of his office. Okay? That is not right, and that could be the basis of an impeachable offense based on people's political judgments of that. 
And you could come down on either side of that. You could say, yeah, even if Trump did that, that's not an impeachable offense. And that is a perfectly valid opinion. But it's also a perfectly valid opinion to say, yeah, I think that is an impeachable offense. Because that is clearly something that falls in this gray area of what constitutes a high crime or misdemeanor. For which there is no clear answer. Despite what Mark Levin is telling you. That this is unconstitutional because that's not a high crime or misdemeanor. No. The Constitution specifically gave that judgment to the House of Representatives. Whether you like it or not. And just because you disagree doesn't make it unconstitutional. Now, the other thing that makes uh, that makes it even worse is if Trump withheld the $391 million that had already been appropriated for Ukraine, if he withheld that in order to strong arm the president of Ukraine to announce an investigation into Joe Biden. You can't do that. You, you cannot withhold money for that purpose. And, and furthermore, you can't hold the money, withhold the money, um, Unless it is for a specifically defined legal reason in the statutes. No such legal reason was met. In fact, um, it just came out last week that the Office of Management and Budget has come out and admitted that withholding that money violated the law. It was illegal for Trump to have ordered that money withheld. The, Trump, the president, no matter who it is, doesn't have the discretion unless it is specifically provided in the law you know when when they when they when they when congress votes to appropriate money foreign aid unless they give the president in that law in the in in the bill appropriating that money unless they specifically give the president the authority to withhold it for listed reasons then he cannot withhold it if it is appropriated for a certain purpose it must be distributed for that purpose and in the manner in which Congress provided. You can't just say, oh, well, I want investigation into corruption and so I'm going to withhold it. No, you can't do that. That's the impoundment of funds. Unless it is provided for in the bill that Congress appropriates, then it's illegal. You can't do that. And as I said, the, the OMB has come out and said, yes, it was it was illegal to do that. Or, or the GAO, sorry. It was, the GAO has come out and said that it was illegal for the OMB to have withheld the funds in that way. So we already know that it was a violation of law to do it. So you couple that with the reason that it looks likely it was done was to benefit Trump politically, to get an announcement of an investigation into Joe Biden so that Trump could run against Joe Biden by saying, oh, you can't vote for him. He's under corruption investigation in Ukraine and then get his, you know, his rallies to, to chant, lock him up, lock him up. That's what he wanted. Let's be honest. That's what the evidence at this point appears to show. Does it show beyond a reasonable doubt? That's debatable. Why? Because we haven't heard from the firsthand witnesses. Look, as I've said from the beginning, these allegations are serious. Are they the most serious allegations ever alleged against a president? No. You know, if Trump is going to be impeached for this, as he has been, then a lot of presidents deserve to have been impeached. Barack Obama should have been impeached on at least three or four different things. And I said that at the time he should have been impeached. There are many things Barack Obama did 
that not only warranted impeachment, but definite removal from office. I mean, that is clear. So yeah, it's unfair that now Trump has been impeached where Obama should have been impeached like five times over. But we don't live in a fair world. And, you know, I'm not going to say, well, their guy wasn't impeached, so I don't want to impeach our guy. I, I don't think those are good arguments. I don't want to be in the, I don't want to engage in those kinds of arguments. I think at the bare minimum, we need to know what happened. That's it. These are serious allegations. We should start by finding out what happened. And then we can disagree whether that rises to the level of an impeachable offense. And that ship has sailed. He's been impeached. But we can then argue. We can have difference of opinion. We can make a political judgment whether or not. Say say that everything that has been alleged, he actually did. Say the evidence shows, we, we hear from all these witnesses, and it shows that he did it. Well, then we can have the separate conversation. Well, what do we do about it? Does that does it rise to the level of removal? And I doubt, even if everything that has been alleged is proven to be true, I seriously doubt that most of the American people will, will be outraged enough about that to think that he should be removed. I seriously doubt it. And so the Senate's not going to remove him, even if everything is proved to have happened. But I think we deserve to freaking know. And beyond that, like I said, no matter what your justification for saying we're not going to call witnesses, no matter what your justification, because there is no legal justification and there is no constitutional justification. I mean, you can't cite the Constitution or any law as compelling the dismissal of these articles of impeachment. The law does not compel it and the Constitution does not compel it. Now, the Constitution allows it. If the Senate, if that's what the Senate wants to do, it's not unconstitutional, they can do it. But it certainly doesn't compel it. So by, by saying you're legally compelled to dismiss these charges because of what the House did, well, that's ridiculous. To say that you're constitutionally, that, you know, the Constitution compels the dismissal, dismissal of these charges because of what the House did, well, that's ridiculous too. If these charges are dismissed, if Trump is acquitted without witnesses, without a serious trial, without a serious Senate inquiry into what has been alleged in these articles of impeachment, then it's a cover-up. That's what it is. They are preventing the information that is there and is available. They are purposefully, for political reasons, preventing that information from coming forward and being released to the American people. That is, by definition, a cover-up. Now, you can agree with that cover-up or not, but you are not standing on principle if you are. At least not in my opinion. I'm sure you think you are. But in my opinion, you're not. In my opinion, that is just raw, naked politics. Which is fine, but I no longer give too much of a shit about the raw, naked politics. I'm sick of the raw, naked politics. That is why we're in the position we're in. That's why we don't get any action on illegal immigration. That's why state after state after state has turned from red to blue. Because we don't care about anything about the current occupants of the offices that we elect these people to. You know, we don't criticize Trump. We don't pressure Trump to close the damn border, to put the military on the border, to start mass deportations. You know why? Well, because Trump's our guy and we're just going to cheerlead him no matter what he does. Well, that's ridiculous. But that's raw naked politics for you. Once your guy gets into office, you just cheerlead. You don't criticize you just applaud every single thing he does and every single thing he doesn't do, no matter what. You just applaud. Therefore, 
They feel no pressure to actually do what they said they were going to do. And nothing changes. That's why we're in this mess. And that's why we're going to stay in this mess. Because all we're interested in is in the raw, naked politics. If people actually cared about the Constitution, cared about the future of the country, cared about the issues, we wouldn't be in this mess. And part of caring about the issues and caring about the Constitution is wanting to know what your government is actually doing. That's part of it. So some serious allegations have been made against Trump. I want to know what the truth of it is. I want to know exactly what happened. Because Trump is exercising the authority that we gave him. He is exercising the authority of the people through his office. He is exercising our authority. Okay, this is not a monarchy. This is not a dictatorship. He is exercising delegated power, power that we, the American people, delegated to him. And as such, whether it is him or Barack Obama or the next president or any president in the history of this republic, we have a right to know what they are doing. Right now, we don't know what happened. We have heard serious allegations that he did something that was wrong. We have not heard from the people who could prove one way or the other or the other what happened. We should. Just as a matter of good governance, we should know what happened. But on top of that, I think the politics require an actual trial in the Senate. The Republicans are taking a big risk if they engage in this cover-up. And that's what I'm going to call it. It's a cover-up. If you refuse to have witnesses, if you refuse to demand documents that could prove what happened... If you refuse to get to the bottom of what actually happened and instead just want to cover it all up and dismiss it without any sort of trial, then that's a cover-up. So if Republicans engage in this cover-up, they're taking a big political risk. Now first, ask yourself why they would want to engage in this cover-up. Is it because they just want this thing over as quick as possible so that they can get back to working on the important issues? Well, no, that's obviously not it. They're not doing a damn thing. They haven't done a damn thing besides tax cuts, basically, since Trump took office. So that's not it. And besides, we got a Democrat-controlled House and a Republican-controlled Senate. Even if the Senate gets back to their business, what what business are they doing? Let's hope they're not, you know, agreeing with the House on anything. So at best, they're going to get back to doing nothing, not passing anything, maybe confirming some judges, which guess what? They can do even while the Senate trial is going on. Senate business is still being conducted. The whole thing is not shut down for this. They don't even start the trial until like noon every day. All right, so they can confirm judges. That's so, but the point is, it's not so they can get back to work. That's not, that's not why they want to rush this through. So it must be politics. Well, what? Uh, are they afraid that a, a, an actual trial is going to hurt the president or hurt their re-election chances? I don't really buy that. Because even if, look, Told you that these allegations are serious. Now, even if they have a trial, and even if these allegations are proven true, that Trump actually did pressure Ukraine to try to to announce this investigation of Biden, not for anything related to any official investigation, but solely to benefit the president personally. And if he impounded these funds... This $391 million that was passed by Congress to Ukraine, if he impounded these funds just to pressure Ukraine to announce this investigation 
solely to benefit the president personally, even if that is all proven true, I seriously, seriously doubt that the Senate is going to remove him from office. And I seriously, seriously doubt that any more of the American people that than already want him removed are going to want him removed. I don't think it's going to change anything politically. Okay? I don't think that the American people are going to be clamoring for Trump to be removed from office, even if all of this is proven true. I don't. And so Trump's not going to be removed from office. So what's the big damage? There is no big damage. And as I said, no matter what the outcome, 10 minutes later, people are going to be just on to the next shiny object anyway. And a week from, from then... No one's going to even give a damn about impeachment. So it's not going, even if they have, they extend this thing for a month or, two, you know, a couple weeks and a month to call some witnesses and have an actual trial, let the facts come out. It's not going to hurt the president. He's going to be acquitted. And that's it. They can say they had a real trial. We found out the truth, but we don't think this rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. And so we're going to acquit him. That's it. I think... That is the most likely outcome. And in, in by doing that, they would have taken the process seriously. They would have um, had transparent government. They would have uh, provided all the information to the American people and then acquitted him. That's probably what would happen if we had a trial. Now, I guess there is a small outside chance that he could be removed from office, but come on. That's not going to happen. And the only way that's going to happen is if something during the course of this trial came out that Trump did something so egregious, so horrible, that many of many people in the Republican Party decided, I can no longer support this guy. I want him removed from office. That's the only way he's going to be removed from office. And unless something really, really bad comes out, he's not going to be. And if Trump did something really, really bad, don't you think we should freaking know that? Oh, no, we're not supposed to know that because we're only interested in raw, naked politics. That's right. I forgot. We only care if the president does something bad if it's the other guy. You know, if it's a Democrat. That's the only time we care. Is that how we're going to do politics? Count me the hell out of that. No, if Trump did something really, really bad for which he should be removed from office and the American people turn soundly against him and want him removed from office, well, then remove him. If he's not removed from office, even if all these things are proven true, I'm fine with that. Because in the grand scheme of things, yeah, this isn't the worst thing in the world. Just, we don't remove presidents just for every bad thing they did. Every president does some crap that we don't approve of. Okay? And probably everyone in our lifetime has done something that has risen to the level of high crimes or misdemeanors. Let's be honest. But we don't remove them all for that. So if... If, even if all this is proven true and Trump is not removed from office, I'm totally cool with that. I'm not even saying that he should be. But if there's more to it and he did something really, really bad that we don't even know about that comes out in all this, well then remove him. Life's going to go on. We don't need, Trump is not our savior. If you haven't figured that out already. If Trump was really you know, our political savior for this moment that we're in, where we're watching the country being invaded and destroyed before our eyes, well, then he would have built, like, half the wall by now. We'd be building 100 miles a day. You know, we'd be deporting illegal aliens. We'd be, we'd be prosecuting employers who hire illegal aliens. We'd be doing all of these things. 
We're not doing any of it. And, and, and his campaign manager is out saying, we're not even going to talk about that in the 2020 election. Trump is not our political savior. So if he is removed from office, it's not like the, the republic collapses. And it's not like the Democrat becomes president anyway. We're probably just going to get, you know, Mike Pence. Will, well, probably if Trump is removed, Mike Pence will be president and he will continue not doing anything on illegal immigration, too. So nothing would have changed politically for us. Trump is not our savior. OK, we this is sick to be wrapped up in one person. And that is the pro, that is that is the risk that Republicans run. If they engage in a cover up in the Senate, then what they have done is to have completely tethered themselves, the political futures, at least at least in the short term, of the entire party, they've tethered themselves and their political future to the single person of Donald Trump. To where if Trump does anything, if anything comes out in the future, if Trump does anything, anything is exposed that Trump has done that really is bad, then we will look back, the American people will look back on the fact that Republicans in the Senate conducted a cover-up when we could have had a full vetting, at least of this incident. But instead, they covered them up. They covered it up. And we, we will then own, as a party, and all these members who vote in favor of a cover-up will own whatever Trump does hereafter. If he, I'm not saying he's going to do anything bad, but I'm saying I would not want to run that risk I don't think our party should run that risk. I don't think we, we are not the Trump party, or at least we shouldn't be. We should be a party based on some shared goals and principles. Not, you know, Trump himself shouldn't be the principal. But if the Senate engages in a complete cover-up, you know, which the Republicans in the House tried to do, you, you didn't hear anything from Republicans in the House about the allegations there, were, there, were, there was no defending Trump on the allegations. It was just all process. And now that's all we're talking about in the Senate is the process. Nobody is interested in what actually happened. And if it turns out that Trump is acquitted and then six months from now, Trump does something, something comes out, something bad, the American people, and, and say, say something bad happens, and the American people turn on Trump, they will then turn on the Republican Party because they're going to say, look, you engaged in a cover-up for this guy. Now, I'm not predicting that anything like that is going to happen. I have no reason to believe anything like that is going to happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened either. And the Republican Party is running a huge risk in taking complete ownership in whatever Trump does from here on out by engaging in a cover-up of this in the Senate. That's what I think politically, because that's how it will be spun. If Trump does something, and even if it's not anything that is he is impeached again for or anything like that, if the Ameri- if enough of the American people or American or, or, or people in certain states turn against Trump, certain congressional districts turn against Trump, then everybody who voted in favor of this cover-up, every Republican, that will be tied to them. Right? Say, for example, that you are Tom Tillis. 
in North Carolina. Now, I can't stand Tom Tillis because he's a rhino. But, you know, he's Trump's guy. Trump endorsed him. Uh, Trump is all behind him for re-election. Even in the primary against a conservative opponent, Trump is all for the rhino. So say you're Tom Tillis, the rhino incumbent senator in North Carolina, which is a swing state and will soon, soon be blue because we're not doing anything about illegal immigration. Okay. but So say you're Tom Tillis. And uh, you participate in the Senate in this cover-up. You vote against witnesses. You don't want to know anything. The American people don't have a right to know what actually happened. We're going to try to just dismiss this without any witnesses, okay? So you do that. Six months from now, something comes out about Trump, okay? Say, say that happens. I don't know what it would be. Just use your imagination. Something comes out. And, um, you know, Trump's poll numbers take a dive. And in North Carolina... Um, he takes a big hit in the polls. People are angry about it because it's a swing state. doesn't take much. You know, if you're a Republican, doesn't take much loss of public opinion to put you underwater in the polls in North Carolina. You know, it's not like um, you're in Utah, for example, and the Republicans have, you know, plus 20 in all their races. No, you're in North Carolina. It's a swing state. If you're a Republican, you're lucky if you're, you're up by two. Okay, so say public opinion turns against Trump like seven points. Now you're Tom Tillis. What do you think in your re-election campaign this year in 2020, the Democrats are going to do? They're going to tie you to Trump. Well, they're going to tie you to Trump anyway, but just saying you're in the same party, that's, that's not real persuasive. But if you engage in this Senate cover-up, well, that's a little bit more serious. You know, Trump did this and we're all angry about it and we would have known about this. And, or, you know, when you, Tom Tillis, had a chance to have a real investigation, a real trial of Trump in the Senate, you voted for a cover-up. Yeah, good luck running on that in, in your swing state, Tom Tillis, who, where even if you were to win in 2020, you're going to win by the skin of your teeth. But now you're defending your cover-up vote. Yeah, good luck with that. So, but, and that can play out all across the country. That is the risk we run in engaging in a cover-up. Now, that's probably not going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen. And even if it, so the point of the matter is there is a risk to engaging in this cover-up beside the fact that I think it's terrible governance. I am never in favor of covering up information no matter where the chips may lay, no matter whose ox gets gored, I think we as the American people have a right to know what our elected officials are doing with their delegated authority, being the authority that we gave them with our vote. We have a right to know what they're doing. So anytime any party says no, you don't have a right to know. You, the American people. This, see, this is the thing. This, this is what rubs me wrong, I guess, at the heart of this. When Republicans are saying, no, Democrats, we're not going to give you witnesses. It's, that's what makes me mad. This is not about Democrats. This is the Senate. What happens in the Senate is the people's business. This is not a matter of sticking it to Democrats and Republicans. Okay, so when you're saying, no, you don't have a right to know, you're not going to hear from witnesses because you don't have a right to know, you're not saying that to Democrats, you're saying that to the American people. You're saying that to me, you're saying that to you.
No, you don't have a right to know. They're just cloaking it in, oh, Democrats, Democrats. No, when when the majority in the Senate says you don't have a right to know, that means the American people don't right to have a right to know. And that pisses me off, no matter who's in office. You're damn right I have a right to know. Any business that you friggin' people are doing as senators, as congressmen, as congressmen, as president of the United States, anything you people are doing, unless it's classified information that would hurt national security if it were exposed, anything but that, you're damn right we have a right to know. And it pisses me off to hear these arguments being made in the Senate by Republicans. I don't care for what reason. I don't care that it's our guy. It's just, we have a right to know, damn it. And this is, I, I do not support cover-ups, period, no matter who does it. So, look, that's all I've got to say about this. Uh, it just, it just, it ticks me off. It's ticked me off from the beginning. What the Democrats were doing ticked me off because of the way they handled their process. Yeah, and just because they have the sole power of impeachment, like I said, I'm not saying that what they did is unconstitutional, like the people who in conservative talk radio like Mark Levin are telling you just to pander to you. Mark Levin knows better than what he's saying. He knows this is not unconstitutional, but he knows it sounds better if he says it's unconstitutional. And he's Mr. Constitution and he's the great one and all that garbage. So you're going to believe whatever he says on the Constitution. This is not even a close constitutional question. The House has the sole power of impeachment. However they choose to conduct it is constitutional. Look, if it's unconstitutional, if the House is violating the Constitution, or or they, they were violating the Constitution when they were conducting their impeachment inquiry, as Mark Levin tells you, well, then why the hell didn't the president's legal team go into court and sue the House of Representatives? This, the House of Representatives was suing the president for... Uh, to compel production of witnesses and evidence until they dropped the case, basically. But they were suing the president. Why didn't the president sue the House of Representatives if they were violating the Constitution? There goes Bella. Must be getting a package. Um, by the way, she's doing much better. But I've already gone long, so we'll talk about her another day. Uh, if... The House was so clearly violating the Constitution, as Mark Levin tells you, well, then why didn't Trump sue in federal court to stop it because that is the remedy right if there's a constitutional violation then you have a right to sue on it well there was no constitutional violation and any friggin lawyer who is not a blithering idiot knows that there was no violation of the constitution there can be no violation of the constitution in the impeachment process in the house when the constitution specifically gives quote the sole power of impeachment to the House of Representatives. Anything that they do with that power is constitutional. You can disagree with it, and the Senate can, sh you know, you know, the Senate can acquit, they can just, whatever they want to do, because they have that power when it gets over to them, then they can do. So there was no constitutional violation. That's why Trump didn't sue in court. He'd be laughed out of court. That, that would be dismissed on its face as a matter of law. Because there's nothing you can even allege that the House was doing to violate the Constitution by conducting their impeachment inquiry. There, there's nothing that you can allege because the sole power of impeachment is given to the House of Representatives. Trump's lawyers know that. Mark Levin freaking knows that. He's lying to you. Why? Because you want to hear it.
That's why he's lying to you. That's why they're all lying to you. Well, not all of them. Some of them are just stupid. But Mark Levin knows better. I know that. But whatever. This is where we're at now. Raw, naked politics. Truth doesn't matter. Well, it matters here. And I don't care who's in office because, you know, look, I vote Republican because I couldn't possibly vote for a Democrat. Under no circumstances could I vote for a Democrat, period. So the only chance of beating the Democrat is by voting for the Republican. So by default, I'm a Republican. But I hold no water for these friggin' people. I got no use for these friggin' people. Okay, I'm not a party guy. And I am not going to lie about what is happening. I am not going to tell the Senate of the United States that, no, you can cover this up. I don't want to know. Why do I not want to know? Well, because a Republican's in office. So I don't want to know. I don't care if he did anything wrong. I don't want to know. Sorry, I don't play that game. I want to know what these people are doing, no matter who is in office, no matter what party is in office. I don't care that the, the, the president has an R after his name. I want to know what he's doing. Doesn't mean I support him being removed. I just want to know what he's doing, regardless. And I don't support anybody trying to cover up information and deny it to the American people, to, den to deny information that we rightly deserve to have for raw, naked politics. I'm sick of the raw, naked politics. We need to get... Look, our founders warned against factions. George Washington, in his farewell address, warned against the passions of factions. This is what he's talking about. This devotion to faction, to political party, above principle, above issues, above everything else. Devotion to party, and now devotion to individual politicians. It's unhealthy. And I want no friggin' part of it. Um, and that's what pisses me off about this impeachment process. It's not... It's not so much what Trump did or did not do. Because honestly, I I really don't care all that much. Because our politicians, look, most of them are corrupt to one degree or another. Most of the presidents we've had in my lifetime have done corrupt things to one degree or another. Most of them have done far worse than what Trump is alleged to have done. So, I, 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 yeah, I can say, look, it was wrong. and and, and But I don't necessarily think he needs to be removed from office, especially when you compare to Obama and all that. But still, we have a right to know what he did, regardless on how you, regardless of how you come down on it afterwards. Whether you think he should be impeached for it, whether you think he should be removed for it, whether you think he should be praised for it, whatever. Whatever you think of it afterwards, we at least deserve to know what happened. So I do not support this cover-up. And that's what, that's what pisses me off about the, what the Republicans are doing. And like I said, I am I'm opposed to the way the Democrats handled it in the House, but I'm not surprised. I am surprised by how brazen uh, this cover-up attempt has been by Republicans, and I want no part of it. Now, you could be mad at me if you want. Um, that's fine. But I don't anticipate talking about this impeachment crap anymore. I went way too long today, so I'm not even going to get into this other stuff. <clears throat> I will try to do a podcast tomorrow to talk about these other things that I wanted to talk about because they're important, because they're about issues, and we need to return to issues. That's 
the main reason why I don't give a damn about this uh, the substance of, of this impeachment, the, the ultimate outcome of this impeachment, one way or the other. And we know what it's going to be. It's going to be Trump remains in office and fine. But even if he's not, like I said, I don't care either because it doesn't change the future of our country in any meaningful way. It doesn't change anything. So that's it. All right. Be mad at me if you want. Don't be mad at me. Um, But either way, continue to listen to the podcast and spread the word about it if you would. I would appreciate that greatly. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. uh, Leave a review of the podcast wherever you listen to it. And until next time, remember, continue to fight the left and continue to fight for the Constitution like your freedom depends on it. Because it does.